Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Ah, it's the last week of January. Whew. I don't know about you, but I'm dreaming of the fresh blossoms of spring. Mm-hmm. I took a little hike this past weekend and the sun was playing hide and seek with the clouds. It was such a beautiful day. Things are starting to feel normal again. Kids are back in the swing of school. But then, of course, a teacher yesterday brought up President's Week break, so it won't feel like this for long. Isn't that how it always is? Super Bowl is coming up this Sunday. I'm in the Bay Area, so I know it's going to be wild around here this weekend. That last game that sent the 49ers to the Super Bowl had my neighborhood popping off the fireworks all night. I can only imagine how things will be if the 49ers win. And um, from what people are saying, it sounds like the favor is over towards the 49ers, but we'll see what happens. I've never been into football but I've always been interested in watching the Super Bowl for the commercials and halftime performance and the food, of course. Now that I'm married, football is almost year round. It starts with the draft, then preseason, then the actual season that seems like it never ends. And of course, since he plays fantasy football, he has to watch every single game. So three times a week, I can expect football on the TV. I've learned so much, but I still get frustrated watching my husband get angry and emotional over the games. Like, dude, this is seriously why I hate sports. Fans can get so annoying. Like, chill out. It's just a game. Plus, I feel bad for whoever loses when when I watch a game. I can only imagine the feeling of defeat they feel. Regardless of who plays, I always get stuck on the losers. (laughs) But my middle child is really into sports and is getting into football with his friends at school and he has his own jersey now that he got for christmas of his dad's team the chargers my husband is also really sad about philip rivers sounds like he won't be playing with the chargers next season yikes but maybe they'll turn things around with a new quarterback we'll have to see i can't believe i'm talking about football like this anyways we're tuning in to watch the super bowl on sunday and I want to make it fun for the kids this year since they usually end up bored while we tell them to hush during commercial breaks. The first place my mind goes is to the food. So typically we have potato skins, chicken wings, chips and dip. I think it's a special time for the kids to bond with their dad, have guy time, and that usually means um, pigging out on all the junk food. But I saw some cute, like... um, I think it was rice crispy treat shaped into footballs and then you put the icing on it um, and they made the rice crispy treats brown. I forget how you do that. I'm sure you just add some cocoa powder or do they sell them brown? I don't know. Um, but they were really cute and there's a lot of cute like Super Bowl um, inspired foods, football inspired snacks and food items. So if you go on Pinterest, you can see everything. But I think I want to try some of those out. So I'll keep you posted on what I make. I'll post what I share onto my socials. I also saw these cute commercial bingo printouts when I was searching the internet for Super Bowl activities. That would be cute. They look for the McDonald's and soda or car commercials and can mark that place on their bingo card. So we may try that this year. 
There are also cute ideas for making flags to wave. Um, you cut like a triangle, you know, like those flags. You cut a triangle out of felt and then you can cut the letters out and hot glue them on. So you can put like the team's name on the flag or make pom-poms out of streamers. You just cut the streamers into thinner slices and then um, put a loop at the end and then tape it. And voila, you have pom-poms. So those are all super easy things. You could probably get those items, you know, those materials from um, the Dollar Tree or inexpensively even from Michael's. And then what would the game be without actually playing catch with the football in the front yard? So I am looking forward to this Sunday, Go Niners. And I hope my kids enjoy their time too. But something we always have to worry about is the sexualization of the halftime show and commercials geared towards men. We know that sex sells and that's what we can usually expect to see in some of the commercials. You know, those Carl's Jr. commercials where they're washing the car and eating their hamburger and things like that. Um, if it's not the women, it's beer commercials. Super Bowl has become a family sport. So why these brands continue to produce non-family friendly commercials and halftime shows is just confusing. They know kids are gonna be watching. I'm sure they want kids to watch too and families to watch. So get it together, NFL. Each year they expect 100 million viewers. Well, let me back up a second. I guess it's not the NFL because Fox is the one that's in charge. And I'll get to how much they charge for the commercial slot in just a second. But each year they expect 100 million viewers. I heard a man say on the news a couple days ago, he said something along the lines of to go vanilla is the riskiest thing you can do. It's almost better to polarize people than to have a safe commercial with the amount of money spent for the time to have that ad space. So how much do they charge? Fox charges $5.6 million for a 30 second slot. So, and these commercials range from um, 30 seconds to 60 seconds. So you can just imagine when you're watching these commercials, how much money these companies dished out for that slot. I have to say though that I looked over the list for 2020 Super Bowl ads and I don't see one that is racy, not one. Some political ones, some social ones, beer, cars, sodas, chips, Amazon, Microsoft, etc. Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye is going to be in one of the commercials and I absolutely adore him, so I'm excited for that. They look good though, I'm excited. So good news for that, it doesn't look like you'll have to worry after all about kiddos seeing anything they shouldn't see this year. But I'm sure the halftime show will be pretty spicy with JLo and Shakira, but it should be good. So good news, parents. I want to move on and talk about having conversations with our kids, though. Um, I think it's important to always be prepared to have a conversation about things that your kids see. Be prepared for your kids to probably possibly ask questions. Like last year, I think... Maybe it wasn't last year, but a few years ago, maybe a lot, like six years, a long time ago. Um, you know, let's, for example, Jillian Michaels was painting a naked lady for a GoDaddy commercial. Whether you say, well, body painting is a type of art that needs to be done on a naked body so that the paint flows on smoothly. 
Or you tell them that they think people will use the company if they show them something raunchy like that. They don't think about how it would be inappropriate for some audience members. Just be prepared to say something. Trust me, my kids are watching and asking questions. Even on YouTube, I'm surprised they don't have standards for the ads they place on family-friendly videos. Like FGTV is a family show. No bad words. It's all appropriate and it's fun. It's one of my favorite um, YouTube families. But they had a super long commercial in one of their videos. It was like 22 minutes long with these two dudes. And every sentence um, needed to have a word bleeped out. Why is that a commercial on a family YouTube channel? Why is there no um, like filtering of which ads can be placed on which videos? I wish people cared more about our children and their development and their innocence. Not that I'm perfect, okay? But there's a difference between cussing because you stubbed your toe or you have road rage and then cursing every other word as a natural part of your vocabulary because you think that... It'll make you seem cooler. Like, really, you're paying to be on YouTube. If you're making a profession out of it, then be professional. I've mentioned before how my eight-year-old is set on aspiring to be a famous YouTuber as his future career. Now, if I am to entertain this, then I want to make sure he's going to take it seriously and not be these guys who are setting bad influences on young audiences. I'd rather him follow the example of influencers who are at least contributing something positive to the world, especially to young people. So I like to remind my children that, you know, these companies make advertisements for one reason, and that reason is to persuade the viewers to use or purchase their product. So they make it funny or they include half-naked ladies for the guys, even the women. Adam Levine took off his shirt and flaunted his nips for the world to see, something that people will remember. A jingle or a slogan or an image gets stuck in your head that is meant to make you remember that company. It's all about money. Regarding the halftime show, I think it's pretty obvious now that for the past few years, it's been less about entertainment and more about getting a message across. And if you just stick to entertaining for the halftime show, then you'll have a bunch of other artists upset that you didn't use your chance to stand up for a cause. So for me, it's important to see what messages they might be trying to get across and talk to my kids about it. There are so many conversations we have to have with our kids. And I am learning now that what I don't talk to them about, they'll have those conversations at school with their friends or here on YouTube or a show. My kids come home so often and tell me some wild things about what their friends spoke to them about. Asking me what this word means and telling me that their friends were talking about this or that. And some of it I'm pretty shocked about. And what else? My kids say kids at school still use the term gay. That really shocked me. I thought that died out when I was in school. Not use the term, but they call each other gay. Um, but now I have to have a conversation about how it's not appropriate to use gay to diss another person. Speaking of gay, there are more roles in TV shows and movies that have gay characters or shows about drag queens or transgendered people. So my kids ask questions about these things. I have to say this. At least they are seeing a picture on the TV and reacting to that in the privacy of our own home so I can then have a real conversation with them about differences and preferences instead of them being exposed to these situations for the first time in public and then saying something loud and embarrassing me and the couple. 
<laughs> my six-year-old has the most questions about these types of things. He's fascinated by drag queens. Wait, so it's a man, but he dresses as a woman for fun and then goes back to being a man and he's gay? <laughs> Definitely conversations I don't remember having with my parents. But if I can educate my children at home, then at least other kids who have picked up hateful ideas won't be the ones filling my kids' minds first. I mean, my kids don't understand politics or even know what Trump has or has not done. I don't really talk about it because I don't feel like my kids, one, will fully understand um, or two, that they have to worry about all of the dramas of the world. They should enjoy being kids, not listening to their parents gripe about other adults. But here my kids are coming home and having picked up ideas about Trump because the other kids bring their picked up ideas to school. So I have to have a conversation about why people hate Trump and things that are happening in the country that affect other people. But it's so much more complicated than that because these are problems we've been dancing around for decades, and one president didn't cause all of the country's problems in three years. So you see, I don't feel like those conversations are necessary at their age. When they begin to learn U.S. history, then we can have those talks about problems that nobody has a solution for. Until then, I'd rather talk to my kids about their responsibility to treat others in a kind and respectful manner, and I want them to spread love and joy and not hate and anger. I also try to remind my children often to be aware of their surroundings and to inform them about stranger danger, that there are people out there that take kids and then treat them very badly. I do teach them about sex trafficking, not that they fully grasp what sex is, but since they want to say the word all the time, I figured I could introduce that term with them. Just this last Saturday, there was a man who took the hand of a two-year-old inside of our Goodwill, our local Goodwill, and said, uh, let's go, buddy, as he was leading him out of the store. Thankfully, the parents found their son before the man left, but he could have just snatched him and ran away if he weren't just walking slowly to the door. That would have been that. And who knows what he would have done with him. We have to be the ones to talk to our kids and talk often. Kids aren't going to think about these things, and if they do, I'm sure most of them think they'll just use the ninja training they picked up while watching Power Rangers, which is a response my son has given me before. Are you talking to your kids about safety? I have to remind my oldest all the time about oversharing information to strangers. When we go on vacation, everyone we run into, I'm on vacation, we're from California. Like he would tell people our address and where we were staying on vacation if he knew that specific information off the top of his head. He's constantly sharing his full name and my full name. Like, hi, my name is Bubba Bubba Bubba. And my mom's name is Bubba Bubba Bubba. He would tell someone his weekly schedule and where he went to school and not even think twice about it. I have to tell him about the dangers of this all of the time. I pray that my words will be in the back of his mind. And if he's ever faced in a sketchy situation, then he thinks twice and, you know, doesn't just put all of his trust into strangers all of the time, which is tricky because you want your kids to be able to trust people and trust that they have good hearts. But at the same time, the reality of the world is you just never know who is capable of harming your child. I have to tell my kids not to wave at all of the cars that drive by our home. I remember my dad being so mad 
that I would do that when I was a kid, standing in the front yard waving at cars. But he was worried about me drawing attention to sick people that would want to take me. I feel the same way he did now as an adult watching my kids do it. And if it's not sexually motivated, then I fear my kids will press the wrong button of a mentally unstable person and may be harmed. Um, recently, a group of teenage boys were doing ding-dong ditch, and the resident was so furious, he got in his car and rammed into their car and killed three of the boys. Like the high school pranks my mom tells me she used to do with her friends, you can't do that anymore. You have to be careful. You just don't know who you're messing with. Not only do you have to worry about messing with the wrong person, but you also have to be humiliated on Facebook because everyone will share their ring video with your child's face on it as he lights up that bag of dog poop. I pray I have good boys when they're teens because I just couldn't handle that being the talk of the neighborhood on Facebook. But yeah, I've talked to my kids about school shooters. I tell them about dangerous things that have happened locally so they are aware of what's going on around town and hopefully reminds them to stay vigilant. I've had to lecture my child on why it's not respectful to catcall girls as they walk by our house. Usually, our conversations start with my kids asking me questions about something, or I witness them doing something, or saying something questionable, and then ding dong, here comes the mom talk. But if there is something I can say to help them be safe in their surroundings, I'll always start those conversations with them. There's a long list of topics we will need to discuss with our children, from social media safety to bullying, the birds and the bees, and puberty. The sooner you open a line of communication and get your children used to talking openly with you about important things, the easier those conversations will be down the line. I don't know about you, but it's my honor to be the one to have those conversations with my kids, and I hope my kids can feel like they can talk to me anytime about anything. Those are the beautiful joys of parenthood. Well, that's all for this episode. Hope you all enjoy Super Bowl Sunday this weekend if you're watching it. Otherwise, enjoy the empty store Sunday afternoon. Have a great weekend. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode today. For more Turks and Chaos, you can catch this podcast every Tuesday and Thursday, and you can find me online at turks-chaos.com, and I'm on Instagram and Facebook, so I'll see you there.